0: 6:30, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on 6:30, Chad. Three
1: Golden Knights, two with 12-17 left in the third period. So, Oilers fans, you want the Penguins to hang on and win that one in regulation time. Also in the third, Minnesota leads Columbus 2-1 after two periods. The Islanders are up 3-1 on the Jets. Coming up later, Capitals. And Canucks at the Briar. Good showdown tonight. Botcher against Gushu. And it is scoreless now into the third end. Botcher coming in with a record of 7-1. and one. Gushu is undefeated at 8-0. and oh. Of course, uh, the Edmonton-based Botcher rink, the defending champs at the Briar. They're representing Team Canada there. They have been in the Briar final four consecutive years trying to make it five. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Really appreciate it. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can get in touch on the hotline powered by CertainTeed, 780-496-0063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. The Oilers game tomorrow. It's an 8 o'clock start, so a late one. Our coverage will commence with the face-off show at 6.30. I believe we have uh, Jack Michaels back on the play-by-play Tomorrow night, but we'll have uh, Mooner there. Of course, Rob Brown, Stauffer will uh, will check in. John Shannon will visit with us as well. Going to be a fun night. Going to be a fun night. The Oilers played the Lightning well back in late February. But um, I know there was a lot of debate on Mike Smith's performance in that game. Allowed four goals on 22 shots. There were a couple of funny bounces in that game. The Oilers fought back. And don't forget, Leon fired that sharp angle one-timer off the post late in the third period. They could not tie it up so uh, hopefully the Oilers can reproduce that effort and quite frankly reproduce the effort that they put forth the other night against the Washington Capitals again looks like Josh Archibald will be in and Mikko Koskinen going to be the goaltender again Skinner and Sevier both loaned back to Bakersfield today so certainly the spot is there for Archibald and the way they practiced today when they did run uh, run some lines it was uh, Archibald on that fourth line with uh, Malone and And Cassian, the Oilers did uh, more of that uh, small, I I call it small ice stuff. I don't know if that's the right technical term, but again, in the zone that the visiting team defends in the first and third periods, they had a line painted down the center from the blue line to the crease, and they had one net against the boards by the hash marks and, and the other net on the goal line, but halfway between the crease and the boards. And they kind of had separate units working in those small areas. So I think trying to emphasize quick decision-making and making good plays under pressure and all those types of things, which the the Oilers have struggled with at times this season. And we talked about how that figured into the, uh, the failure on the man advantage Monday night against the Calgary Flames. Great to have Craig McTavish on the show joins us uh, twice a month and uh, told a great story about Don Koharski. (laughs) <laughs> when Koharski was refing and Mac T was complaining late in a blowout game and Koharski said well I'm not going to give you a penalty tonight but watch out tomorrow because I got you again and Mac T says the Oilers paid for it with the officials for the next few weeks after that I love the line that he gave he he didn't like the referees who were both arrogant and incompetent he could live with an arrogant guy who was a really good ref and he could live with a really nice guy who struggled sometimes making calls, but if it was both, <laughs> then you're in Mac T's, uh, bad books. As he said, he didn't like the the non-call against Hyman, but he, he felt overall that wasn't a well-officiated game between the Oilers and the Capitals. So uh, there you go, Mac T weighing in on that and talking about the line combinations a bit and getting ready for the trade deadline. It was interesting, he referenced what Pierre Dorian from Ottawa said, as quiet as it's ever been. Now, there's still 10 days to change that, Again, I don't expect a huge splash by the Oilers, but uh, man, oh man, if they could bulk up that defense a little bit with a little size and experience, I think that would help. What's going on for the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, they're in one of their quote-unquote worst slumps of the year, though in the grand scheme of things, uh, it's not that bad of a run, but Dave Randorf from their play-by-play chair is going to enlighten us when we get back. I can also tell you that the Oil Kings and Swift Current are tied 1-1 halfway through the second period. Oilers and Lightning tomorrow for a closer look at the two-time defending champs, their play-by-play voice, Dave Randorf. Dave, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing very good. Uh,
0: You know, uh, we are not on the road for this Western Canadian trip. Uh, We're calling games off too, but I can't complain. We have been in the rinks up until this point uh, all season, we're going back on the road. It was simply a decision that our our television bosses made. They didn't want to get anybody stuck north of the border and having to uh, get locked up there. And when we've been lots of games, so they aired to the side of caution. And uh, you know what? I'm able to play golf uh, on the off days down here at home, so it's uh, it's a good trade off. you. I'm, I'm not complaining.
1: Yeah, you're lucky. Not, courses aren't quite open here yet, but uh, hopefully we're we're inching slowly in that direction for sure. Are you are you a good golfer, by the way? Like. People and I ask that because people who listen to me regularly will know, especially in the summer, I, I often lament my lack of any sort of ability on the golf course.
0: <laughs> well, I, I must admit, I've been living here now for over a year and my golf game's getting a lot better. I will say that. Uh, I, I, I've got a great practice like five minutes away, so I go there a lot and i played a lot in the last year, so uh, I'm getting pretty good now, Reed, actually. The game is picking up, that's for sure.
1: Okay, well, you owe me a few strokes if we ever actually get to play, which would be fun someday. Hey, um, Oilers and Lightning, first of all, I mean, they they played recently. I'm wondering what your impression of that game was, because I think the story for me and and a lot of Oilers fans and media was very solid game for Edmonton. Maybe didn't get a key save and maybe a couple of bounces went the the Lightning's way. You know, Leon hit the post with about a minute left. Um, It was kind of a low event game. It was... It was kind of seen as a as a positive performance for the Oilers, even though they lost. What was a lightning perspective of that one?
0: Oh, I think uh, I think that's exactly right. Everything you just said, I would agree with all all that and, and more. It was a closer than the score indicated type game. Um, the uh, I think the Oilers kind of had a slowish start, if I remember correctly, but they they built as the game went on. And Vasilevsky does what he does. He makes a couple of key stops. And who was in net for that night? Uh, that night. That night. Yes, yeah, Smith that's Smith right. Late. It was Smith. That's right. The former member of the Lightning, Of course, I wasn't working that game. Actually, it was a national game down here. And my sons were here for their very first visit. And so we were sitting in the seats. And so that was kind of fun to just watch it and, uh, and enjoy it with them, but also just watch the game. And I thought McDavid was excellent, dry, subtle. They both, uh, you know, had the key points. And Hyman had that very, very nice goal. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it was a good road effort against a very good team. Uh, I think from a lightning perspective, that game was one of those ones where they probably didn't play great, but still won. And they've had a bunch of those games recently, and now it's starting to kind of bubble to the surface. It's only, you know, where are we? Mid-March, and there's lots of hockey left. But the talk around here with Tampa Bay is that they are in a bit of a funk. They've had slow starts. They've fallen behind by two goals in three of their last seven games, including against Winnipeg the other night, where they just had a terrible start. They were much better on Thursday night against the Flames, uh, overall much better. The Flames just played well. Johnny could draw a hat trick, but the Lightning took uh, a few more steps towards getting back to their game, playing predictable hockey, playing shutdown hockey. Uh, the game against Calgary was really kind of decided in w- a one-minute span at the end of the second period. It was one nothing for the longest time, a goal by Goudreau, then Kalorin ties it, and then the Flames get two in the final minute of the second. Two quick ones, bang, bang, and it's 3-1. And, you know, the Flames, who are very good uh, and, it's, and, and are unbeaten when leading after two, went into, their, went into the mode that the Lightning you become known for, which is shut you down. They're not going to give you a sniff in the third period and uh so now you're swimming upstream uh on the road in a rink where the flames have barely lost lost two three months and uh there you have it it's it's uh they lose but overall they were much better uh however the last 10 game segment i think john cooper would like to see his team uh play a little little harder in its own end a little more structure limit the odd man rushes that they've been giving up uncharacteristically and give their goaltender a little bit more help because uh Lord knows he uh, shows up on time, night in at night out and makes a lot of saves. But I know his numbers have taken a beating lately. He's got one win in his last four. And I think it's mainly because of the the overall team play in front of him over the last uh, few games here. So the Lightning, who have played a lot of hockey over the last two years, the sky's not falling here. I'm just giving you a realistic snapshot of where they're at right now. The reality is, this is the first time they've lost two games in regulation all season long. So game 57, and you can say that, they've even lost two in a row since early January. This is the first time they've lost two in reg all season. So that's pretty good. And if that's a slump, they'll take it.
1: Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's not much of a slump for a lot of teams. Now, I'm wondering, obviously really competitive with, with Florida. I know Carolina's in the other division, but you know that Southeast swing has been kind of the new Death Valley in the National Hockey League. Um Tampa Bay going into the deadline, like, is there a specific position you're looking at and saying, okay, like they, they got to add, or that's a slot in the lineup where man, oh man, if they could just shore that up.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, the lightning are a lot, like a lot of teams where they do not have uh, very much cap room at all. In fact, they've got, I think it's, it's like dollars, like less than $10 or something like that, where we're told. Uh, So however you can make something happen if you do a money in money out deal or a three-way deal like they did last year at this time that brought them in david savard a depth defenseman who ended up being you know a very good uh, piece for them down down the stretch and into the playoffs he got an assist in the standing company goals so it was a poetic uh, moment for him and of course you go back to uh, trade deadlines they brought in blake coleman and uh, barclay goodrow so having said all that the answer to your question uh, from my perspective is this for the first time all season, right now, this has been the last six or seven games or so. They've got an entire lineup back and healthy. Actually, sorry, it just goes back two games when they got Zach Bogosian back on the blue line. So now everybody is back and available, with the exception of a rookie forward by the name of Boris Kachuk, who has played, uh, you know, about 30 games this year. He's on the COVID list, but other than that, he's good to go, and will be back soon. So you're seeing a lot of tinkering with lines up front right now by John Cooper. Thursday in Calgary, he played 17 and 11 forwards, and I think he really wants to get a look. He really wants to get a look and see what he's got. Get Pogosian's game back up to speed. He's missed 31 games. Chernak has missed a lot of games this year in three different stints. Calfoot, a young player who's uh, still a very young defenseman who's played less than 100 games in the NHL. Is he ready to play a significant role for the postseason? So if you're asking me, would they like another depth forward? Sure they would, but the priority to me is a depth Bring bringing in another guy that can be a six or seven or depending on who you bring in, um, but primarily a six or seven guy because your top four is rock solid. Your top four is Edmund and Ruda. Ruda plays very well with Edmund and Edmund trusts him and he, he allows Edmund to do his thing and, and he's he's the steady Eddie of that pairing. Then you got McDonough and Chernack. And then on third pairing right now, you've got Sergachev, who's a first-line defenseman on a lot of teams, but he's on their third pairing there. And right now with Bogosian and Foot would be the extra. Is that the combo they want? And I'm not so sure. I think they would like to add on the bottom end of that group.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the others might be looking to add on defense as well. So yeah, Who isn't? probably about 27 teams. <laughs> so for sure. Hey, uh, before I let you go, another interesting angle for this game is the uh tampa bay lightning of course won the stanley cup in edmonton (laughs) in the in the like that's such a weird that's one of those you know the (laughs) 50 years from now the kids i don't know if they're gonna have paper sports almanacs or whatever (laughs) like i used to look at when i was a kid but like what why oh yeah there was this pandemic thing but i get like you get the sense it's a it's special for them to visit here or it was just so unusual at that time that it's you know, they won it, but there wasn't fans and the same sort of vibe. Like, is there?
0: No, 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 without a question. I, I, yeah, I'm not there, as I said, uh, with the team on the road for this particular trip, but I have no doubt in my mind that it will be a special, uh, you know, time for them to go back into that building, be in that room again, where they all won their, a lot of guys won their first cup. And what's it started the, the beginning of a back-to-back, and what they hope is going to be three-peat and they can do it again you know they, they will get their game back together and they will be competitive once the playoffs start and whether or not it happens we'll, we'll see but it all started right there in the bubble and i think a lot of uh players and certainly everybody in and around the organization is very proud of that cup because of what it took for them to be on the road for how how long are they on the road six eight right. weeks how, how long is that bubble tournament started in toronto no fans no contact with the outside it was everything was sterile you went from the hotel to the rink that was it um and and, and it started a run in which they had played an incredible amount of hockey people forget they won two Stanley Cups inside of a 12-month period you have to kind of wrap your head around that for a minute and then re- recognize just how much hockey this team has played and how many stops and starts there have been with COVID and everything else uh so it means something for sure, and and it's uh, no doubt it'll be special, and it'll be a lot better this time around, obviously, because the the place will be packed, Saturday nights, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's going to be special, and uh, and no doubt, uh, you know, with the, with the Oilers getting the big win the other night, they're coming in on a high too, and and they certainly know that uh, they they want to get off to a quick start against this Lightning team. I think we're in for a good one tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, I hope so. It's a yeah, big game for sure. Dave, it is awesome to catch up with you. You're always uh, a gentleman when you come on the show, and I'm glad you uh, you leaving Canada hasn't uh, ended your availability for a uh, little <laughs> old inside sports. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's a, Thank you, Rita. Anytime, I, I have always listened to you and Rob and the post game. That was my routine, by the way. I think I've told you this, but I'll tell your listeners. When I was doing the Ocadet games, I would get my headphones on. I'd walk back to the hotel and I'd click you guys on and listen to what was uh, said in the breakdown of a win or a loss. And so it's, it's always a pleasure. And to tell you the truth, it's too bad. I'm not here calling the game because I would finally have to call a game from upstairs. I've never even, I've only been up there once and that was to be on your show <laughs> for a free game. And other than that, I think, I I don't think I've ever even been up there because <laughs> we used to call a game always from down low. So, uh, Anyway, I, I, I'll miss seeing you face-to-face, but maybe next time, Reed. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.